Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Releasing something, right, when you walk into an environment or you're, you're receiving something, you're taking something. And usually... When you talk about from a positive point of view, when you walk into an atmosphere and people are delighted, it's because you release a certain joy, you release a certain energy, you release something in the atmosphere. But if you're a critical person, if you're someone who, oh, we like this one, this is good. Oh, I like to just sit back and observe. You know, people like that, I just want to observe. So in essence, you're the kind of person who likes to take from an environment so when someone is in that environment and they feel like you're just observing them it creates maybe ever so slightly a change in the atmosphere I'm saying all this to say I want you to realize this you carry a certain presence to you some might call it energy you have a certain energy about you or vibe about you well, the reality is, where did that come from? Where did the ability to walk into a room and to release something or something emanate from your being, where did that come from? It comes from the Lord. He himself has presence. And when he walks into a room, if you would, if you use that term, when he steps into an environment, He's everywhere, of course, but just to use that same analogy, when he moves into a place, there's a certain vibe you sense. And I want you to understand the presence of God because it's very, very real. And if you don't distinguish the presence of God, you'll ignore the presence of God. And whatever you reject oftentimes becomes less in your life. The presence of God is your portion today. And I'm speaking this, that this is a time where you're going to embrace and see and feel and know his presence in a very new way. How many want that? You know, one of the promises of God is I am with you. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you that you're with us. He's with you today. I want to talk to you about that he is with you today he is with you and that with is not just ah i'm just around i'm just kind of like around your vicinity no no when you see the term i'm with you meaning i am very very near and i'm near for a very specific purpose there's some people just again go back to the analogy i gave they walk into a room and you feel indifferent. You don't necessarily feel excited. You don't necessarily feel sad. You just feel like, eh, they're just there. Why? Because when they're there, that's how they are. Eh. I'm not really excited to see you either, you know? I'm just, eh. But God is not like that. When he demonstrates himself and when he communicates that he is with us, it's to say, I'm with you, and I'm with you for a specific purpose. I'm not just, eh. No, I'm here because I want to be here. And I want to have an impact on your life. And I want to push you forward. I am with you. 
Thank you, Father, for being with me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling you, this encourages me when I need encouragement. I first, this, this is how I encourage myself. I remind myself that I am not alone, that the Lord is with me. Let me share the scripture with you found in John 14, 17 to 18. It says, the spirit of truth, this is Jesus speaking, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Somebody say, will be, will be. in you. Okay, why is Jesus saying this? Because this is again before Jesus died. None of the people before Jesus died ever had the Holy Spirit in them, right? So he's giving them a picture of something that will happen. He says the Holy Spirit, he dwells with you. So you know the Holy Spirit, you know the power of God, you've seen it. You've seen the power, you know what it's about. But there's coming a point in time where he won't just dwell with you, he will be in you. I will not, I love this, this is so deep, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want you to think about that promise. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. Do you realize why this was very comforting for the disciples? Because Jesus has been rocking with them for three and a half years. He's been ministering with them. He's been taking care of them. He's been traveling with them. He's been doing amazing things with them. And now he's giving them some bad news. He's telling them, guys, I'm not going to be around much longer. You're not going to see me much longer. He says, in a little while... You're not going to see me, at, 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 actually. I just want you to know. But he says, but I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And he begins to give them the promise of his spirit. And he says, there is coming one like me, another one. There is coming one who is like me, the Holy Spirit. He dwells with you, but he will not only dwell with you, because I can only dwell with you, but I'm going to do one better. He will live in you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to come to you. And I sense here... This is, I didn't mean to go here, but I think the Lord wanted me to just camp on this for a second because I have a few things I want to share with you, but let me just take some moment here because I believe some of you have an orphan spirit and you live as if you are an orphan and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, no, you're not an orphan. Some of the characteristics of an orphan spirit is that you expect to be abandoned you expect people to reject you. You expect to struggle. You expect to have to fend for yourself. You expect not to have the necessary help. And you sabotage things that God has presented to you. Why? Because you see yourself as an orphan. I gotta do for me. It's just me. It's just me in this world. I can't count on anyone. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You are not an orphan. I'm not going to treat you like that. Even if you are an orphan, 
in, in the natural. Even if you had to grow up without your biological parents. Here's the promise. God says, I will be a father to the fatherless. I will step in even when maybe your parents could not or did not. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We live in a fallen world. So sometimes we experience things that we should not experience. But we live in a fallen world. But here's what I want you to point to. I want you, I want you to see. Even in a fallen world, I want you to see the redemptive love of God working in that midst to restore and to bring back you to a place of wholeness. Here's what I'm saying. I want you to pay careful attention to me. This is what an orphan sometimes can do. You reject God's love because it's coming in a form that if everything was perfect, it wouldn't have come this way. So God can bring you mothers that may not be your biological but because you want to hold on to the pain of not having that biological, you reject what God is giving you in the spirit. Hear me. God wants to restore you to a place of wholeness. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that he will restore and make everything back to the way it should have been. No, we live in a world where we're going to have to navigate through things that we should not have happened, that, that should not have happened if it was a perfect world. But in that, God will still demonstrate his love. It is our responsibility to say, I receive it, Lord. Even though it shouldn't have been this way. Even though my parents should have been here. Even though my siblings should not have rejected me. Even though this should not be this way. I still see your love in this moment. And I'm not going to reject it. I'm going to embrace it. Jesus is saying to you, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm going to come to you. Orphans are often exploited. So when the Lord said, I'm going to come to you, what is he saying? I'm going to cover you from exploitation. Thank you, Jesus. Orphans are often uncared for. When, God, when he's saying, I will not leave you as an orphan, he's saying, I will care for you. Orphans are often overlooked and unloved and rejected. God is saying, no, 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 I'm not going to allow you to live a life where you're unloved and rejected. I will come to you. I am with you. And when you see the love of God materialize in your life, identify it as that and say, this is God demonstrating his love to me. I receive it. Somebody say, I receive it. I want you to think about that. We prayed, I think it was a week or two ago, and one of the things I just felt led to stir up in the atmosphere is to pray for God to open your eyes to see what he has made available to you because oftentimes the people and the resources and the things that God presents to you may not have come in the package that you expected it to, and so you can overlook it. What God has given you eyes to see what he has given you 
And I want you to, when you see it, celebrate it. Lord, yes, this is, quote, unquote, let me, let me, let me say something deep to you. Like, this is going to help you. Jesus dying on the cross wasn't God's best. Wasn't God's best. You and I needing to be saved wasn't God's best. That's plan B. You see what I mean? There are things that we experience in life that may be not God's best, but it's still God's love demonstrated. And so sometimes we get hung up with what's not God's best. It should be this. It should be that. Forget about what should be. I'm pointing you to God's love. Yeah, this should not have happened. This person should have embraced me. This person should not have treated me this way. But in that moment, where was God's love? See, what we do we say, well, if God's love was there, then this would not have happened. No, no. God's love is there no matter what happens. It's there in spite of and is there to bring you back to a place of wholeness. His love doesn't redeem every single thing and make it back to where it was before. No, but his love restores you. My God, I want you to hear that. Because sometimes we look at things like, well, if God's love was here, then this would not have happened. No, God's love demonstrates itself to restore you. So things might be lost. Relationships might not be able to be salvaged. But you will be saved. You will be whole. You will be healed. You will be strong. And that's what matters. God's love demonstrated towards you. He says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. I will be with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, verses 20. Excuse me, 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority. Someone say all authority. I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, if Jesus has all authority, that means Satan has none. Think about that. All authority. Somebody say all authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Praise God. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. I am what? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love the fact that Jesus said this. He says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go, but when you go, I'm going to. I mean, you would think that's sort of silly. Jesus, if you have all authority and you're going to go with me, just, why don't you just go? Like, why? why? No, because Jesus wants to partner with us. And he's saying, listen, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. I want you, therefore, to go. And when you go, I'm going to. Everywhere you go, I'm with you. I'm with you 
till the end of the age. This is a liberating message here because what Jesus was saying is that I am giving you permission to go and liberate people all over the place. You have a message of reconciliation. You have a message to release the good news of Jesus Christ. You have a message that can set families in order. You can step into rooms and bring peace where there is disarray. You have a message that can restore people who are riddled with sickness and disease in their body. Go, therefore, because all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and release this message of liberty to every person you encounter. Oh, that's what makes life so beautiful. When you can see the liberating power of God. But I don't know what to say. You don't need to know what, what to say. What you need to know is who's with you. I'm kind of, you know, unlearned in some areas. Okay, well, you can start learning, but that's not the major thing. What you have to ask yourself is, who's with me? I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Why? Because you don't know who's with you. The person who's with you has all authority. Somebody say all authority. All authority. So when you're praying for people, I want you to pray with what? When you're speaking the word of God to people, I want you to speak the word of God with what? Yeah. When you're sharing the message of reconciliation, you share it with authority. Why? Because the person who has all authority is with you. Jesus. Glory to God. I'm excited about this because I believe this is the time where you need to start demonstrating with all authority. Imagine Jesus gave you a note. I want to give you this image here, a note. Imagine you need to go somewhere and you know, you needed to have access to a particular building or a particular place. And when you go, you show them the note and they read the note and they see, okay, so-and-so has been sent by, you know, okay, they're, they're, they're good. Or think of it this way. Maybe you want to enter something where there's a guest list and your name has to be on that guest list in order to be allowed in, right? Now, imagine Jesus is throwing the party. Amen. That party's a lit party. And your name is not on that guest list. Not a good look, right? But Jesus is walking with you to the door. And that person, right, is checking the guest list. And they don't see your name. Just, give, just follow this analogy for a second. But Jesus is with you saying, yeah, we're here for the party. What do you think that person's going to do? Why? Because you're with the person who has what? Now, if you have a note and the person's not with you, and you're like, well, I know, I know I'm not on the list, but the person sent me a note. The person's like, well, listen, I don't know about that. There is a difference when the person is with you. Questions aren't asked when the person is with you. There is no, let's check if, if this is okay when the person is with you. Why? The person who has all authority 
ends all disputes. Jesus is with you. You have all authority. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to have that boldness in your spirit. That whatever I do in the name of Jesus, I do with all authority, with all boldness, with all confidence, knowing that I'm not here by my own choosing. I'm here because I've been called here. And God called me to say this and to do this. And I do it without apology, without shying away, without making excuses. I do it with all authority because he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Amen. Don't get uncomfortable having uncomfortable conversations. He's with you. Amen. Don't be uncomfortable correcting people that need to be corrected. He's with you. Don't be uncomfortable loving people that are overlooked. He's with you. All authority. Glory to God. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge. He's he's our what? He's our refuge and strength of very present help. Glory to God. Of very present help in trouble. Why, why is it these words are not there by accident? Why didn't it just say he's present in trouble? No, he's a very present help in trouble. That word very simply means very. It means a lot. It means much. And it simply means He will be found when you are in trouble. Some people won't be found when you're in trouble. God is promising you something. I will be found. Something the Lord told me years ago. He says, stop asking me to help you. Just bear with me there. You can ask the Lord for help, but he was correcting me. He says, stop asking me to help you. And start asking me how I am helping you. Jesus. Changes your focus. He wanted me to see something. I am helping you. Start asking how am I helping. I began to make that my prayer. Lord, how are you helping? And the minute I ask, Lord, how are you helping? Something flashes in my spirit. Oh, yeah, that. Remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this. I am helping you because I'm a very present help. You don't have to call, Lord, help me, as if I'm far away. I'm present. And I'm present with a purpose. I'm doing something. Before you can even ask, I'm already at work. What you need to do is say, Lord, how are you helping me? Open my eyes to see what you're doing. Show me where the resources have been made available. Show me who you've sent. Show me where to go. Because he is helping you. He's your refuge. He's your strength. He's your very present help. Glory to God. I'm speaking help over your life right now. Lift up your hands. I want to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The help that you need is the help that you will see in this season in the name of Jesus. Every form of help that is necessary right now, may your eyes be open to see the very present help now in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say, he's helping me. 
He's helping me. Amen. He's helping me. When you pray, Lord, thank you that you're helping me. Thank you that you're stirring in me something that is giving me an answer. Thank you that you're helping me. You're navigating me. Thank you that you are helping me in my marriage. Thank you that you're helping me love these children, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you're helping me in school. Thank you that you're helping me. You're helping me. You're helping me. You're helping me. The more you declare that he's helping you, your eyes begin to see it. And you stop carrying yourself as if he's not helping you. God can't help but to help. That's who he is. In fact, that's what he's called himself. I am the helper. He says, I'm sending you a helper like myself. That's who he is, the helper. Glory to God. The helper. He has to do it. He cannot be helpless. He cannot just be standing there useless. He, it's not in his nature. It's a very present help. Thank you. This is why the Bible says don't mourn like the way the world mourns. We can mourn. We should mourn when, when times of mourning comes. It's okay to mourn. But don't mourn like the world mourns. Why? Sometimes people mourn as if they have no hope beyond this. You have hope. You can never run out of hope. Glory to God. I don't care what it is. You have hope. Jesus demonstrated that he is beyond the grave. Even the grave, which is the most... I mean, again, you get a call and someone says, are you sitting? I got to tell you something bad. The, the first thing you think about is the worst thing. Okay, so who died? Right? If that's the worst thing, think about it. Jesus conquered death. So what else? I'm telling you, there is nothing that should take away your hope. Nothing. God is our, our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. This is going to bless you. I'm, I'm declaring today he is with you. He is with you. He is with you. Thank you, Lord. For being, let's lift up my hands and thank God for being with us. Thank you for being with me. Think about the times that you felt alone and then he stepped into the room and assured you you wasn't. Thank you for being with me. Think about the times that you were depressed and he came into the room and joy began to just, just change the atmosphere. That was him saying, I'm with you. Think about you were down to your last dollar. Someone called and said, I have something to give to you. That was the Lord demonstrating, I'm your very present help. I'm with you. Yeah, lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. We're never alone. We're never, we're never by our side, but by, by ourselves. You are always by our side. You're with us. Glory to God. Thank you. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us. You're in us. You're upon us. You have filled us. You're for us. My God, we can't escape you. You're that into us. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Most of you know what the word covetousness means, but for those who don't know, it means when you desire something that doesn't belong to you, right? You want what that person has. You want that person's life. I want that person's life. Like their lifestyle, right? The way, the way that I want that. And not, not that I'm just inspired by it. We can be inspired by people. But no, I want, if you have it, I want it. I want what you have. And you long with eyes of envy and eyes of jealousy. 
right? And notice it says, don't let your conduct or let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. What's the cure for covetousness? How do you live a life of contentment? Well, the answer is there. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's the reason why. There's more to that. I'm going to get to that in a second. But here's the reason why people get envious. They lose sight of that. And for a moment, for a moment, they feel as whatever they are doing without, whatever they're missing, whatever, whatever, whatever seems to be incomplete in their life, oh well. Like, you just got a deal. And they lose sight of the fact that God says, no, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And leave and forsake, they very closely, you know, you can define them very closely together, but they do have distinct meanings. And as I was looking into it, the word leave literally means I won't send you away from me. I won't send you away from me. And forsake means I won't leave you behind. I won't leave you behind. I will not relax my hold on you. I'm going to hold on to you tight. I'm not going to send you away, and I'm not going to leave you behind. Think about that. If you are so aware of this, you will not live a life of covetousness. You won't. I think about Abraham. One of my favorite stories about Abraham is when he was, his men were fighting with Lot's men, you know, and they were, you know, kind of getting in each other's way. And Abraham said, nephew, listen, why should we have strife? You know, he says, I'm going to do something. Choose wherever you want to go. Whatever land you want, I'll let you have first dibs. Go ahead. It's okay. Just choose. Like, if you choose left, I'll go right. You choose north, I'll go south. You want to go west? No problem. I'll go east. Whatever you decide, I'll do the opposite. Just let there be no strife among us. And the Bible says that Lot looked, and he looked, he looked at the best he could see. <laughs> oh man, think about that. Most people would be like, nah, son, God called me. He told me to leave this country, and you came with me. I'm choosing first. Abraham knew something about the presence of God that he could even say, Lot, you choose. You go. And the Bible says that Lot saw the plains of Jordan. He saw how well watered they were. He saw luscious green grass. He says, Really? Psh. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I'm taking all of that. Abraham said, no problem. Go ahead. Take it. It's yours. And the Bible says that as soon as Lot left, the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, now, look everywhere. Look north, south, east, and west. As far as you can see, I've, give, I've given you that land. Now, I don't know much about geography, but I know north, south, east, and west, Lot went one of those directions. Does that make sense? 
God was saying, look, let me give you a secret here. Lot thinks he got the best. But in the end, see, anywhere you can look, I'm making that available to you. You don't have to fight. You don't have to covet. You don't have to envy. You don't have to get into strife. What's yours is yours. What God has provided for you, no man can take away from you. Glory to God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my what? What is he? I will not fear. What can man do to me? Thank you, Jesus. Notice five and six. There's a connection here. I'm going to go back to verse five again. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God said. Who said that? He said that he will never leave us and he will never what? So we may boldly say. I love that. That's the response. God said something. Now we can say something. Thank you, Jesus. What can we say? The Lord is my helper. There are certain things about what God will say, but then you have a responsibility to say something also. The Lord is my helper is your part. It's my part. Lord, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Well, I'm saying that you're my helper. I will not be afraid what man can do. I will not be afraid of being without. I will not be afraid of being left behind. I will not be afraid of not fulfilling whatever you've called me to. I will not be afraid of these things. I will not covet other people. I will not envy other people. I will not long for other things that don't belong to me. No, you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You're my present help. Why should I be afraid? Why should I covet? Why should I envy? Why should I look here and there? I don't need to do that. You're with me. And if you're with me, I have everything I could ever have. His presence contains any and everything you could ever have. Everything. And that is the secret to receiving from his presence. I'm done. I want to just end on that. That is the secret to receiving from his presence. Let me just talk to you here. I just feel right now, because there's, the presence of God is non-negotiable. It's there. That's, that, that, you can't escape it. Even David said, he's, even if I make my, head in, my, 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 my bed in hell, there you are. Let me give you a deep theological uh, a reality. God is also in hell. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no, there's no place that God cannot be. What do you think is sustaining the judgment that's in hell? You think it's Satan? God, it's, it's God's power that sustains that environment. You cannot escape God. So his presence is non-negotiable. Here's the question. How do we receive from his presence? How do we receive from his presence? We receive from his presence when we recognize that it is his presence that sustains and fulfills our life above and beyond any and everything. Once your eyes start to zero in, Lord, your presence will help me with this test. Your presence will help me with this class. 
your presence will help me with this situation. Your presence is with me. Jesus said, I'm not alone, even though he was alone. All the disciples fled, but Jesus had an immediate response. He says, I'm not alone. The Father's with me. Why? He understood, if I can keep my heart and my eyes on the presence of the Lord, I'm always going to win. Always. The minute you take your eyes off of the presence is when you start losing. The presence of God is with you. How do I derive the glory from his presence? Keep your eyes on the presence. It is his presence that is helping you. It is his presence that is sustaining you. It is his presence that is ushering in God's best in your life. It is not man. It is not your parents. It is not your children. It is not a husband or wife. It is not your job. It's not your money. It's not anything. Oh, take any and everything away from me. But do not take his presence. His presence is everything. Thank you for the presence of God. Lord, your presence will sustain my joy. Your presence will sustain my health. Your presence will sustain me. Even in sickness, your presence will get me off from that sick bed. Your presence will restore me. Your presence will make me whole. It's your presence. Jesus. Jesus. I'm telling you, if you start focusing on his presence... You start deriving everything his presence has to offer you. You start receiving from that, that glorious presence of his. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We honor you that your presence is with us today. And Lord God, we, will, we Lord God, will acknowledge that more and more each day. We enter into revival. Revive our consciousness of your presence Give us, Lord, a heightened awareness that you are here. Oh, Jesus. I just felt the Lord tell me this. When you are aware of my presence, Jesus, you know why people struggle in sin? You're not aware of his presence. Simple. That's it. People enter into sinful lifestyles because at some point, I, don't, I didn't want to end on this. I know it's going to sound heavy, but hey, it's the Lord saying it. Receive it. Some point you disconnected from the presence of God. Now, his presence is there. Don't be wrong. But you've turned your heart away from it. Pretended it's not there. You understand what I'm saying? You're with someone that you shouldn't be with. You know, this hot, you know, common, common thing that we face in life. You know, we have urges, we have passions. I guarantee you right now, you're not throwing, you're not turning on certain music. You're not turning on, you know, and, he, and I ran out of that grave, you know. No, you ain't turning that on because you know that's not what I, that's going to usher a different kind of presence. Yeah? But if we did. Yeah. So we can consciously cut certain things away so here's the, here's the reality come to the revelation that whenever you're in a place where you want something that is not god's best for you stop yourself at that moment and ask yourself what am i failing to believe about god right now why am i choosing to believe right now that what i want what i need what i'm looking for God is not able to satisfy this. Stop you. Because every time we go a direction we shouldn't go into, 
we're believing something that's not true. You got to stop yourself and say, okay, what am I not believing? And allow the Holy Spirit to just arrest your heart and give you that roar, that revelation, that escape route. And he'll remind you, I'm your everything. I'm, your pre I'm the presence that will, will fulfill you and sustain you. I'm the one that will step into this moment if you allow me to. And all of a sudden, those things that you were gripped by seem to have no bearing on you. His presence and acknowledging his presence is the key to walking above sin. You can walk above sin in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. David said, I will meditate on you even on my bed. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Having trouble sleeping, invite God, invite his presence in, on your bed. Yeah, yeah, Lord. I'll meditate on, I'll meditate on you even on my bed. There's other things you can do in your bed. Well, let's meditate on the Lord. All of a sudden, you become aware of something. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. I feel something heavy here. This, it's a lie. It's a lie that what, when you get into lust, you know what's happening? I want, I want to tell you something that's happening in your brain cells. I've, the Lord gave me this revelation years ago. And just remind me about, about this some time ago. Lust robs you of your creativity. It makes you think small. Lust is a small way of living. It's a very, very small way of living. Love is expansive. It's creative. Love creates. Lust takes. So when you live in lust, you are diminishing your mind from comprehending deeper things because your mind is on take mode, not create mode. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Let that be a motivation. Lust is a taker. It doesn't give anything. And when you live in that mode, you diminish yourself. When you take the posture of giving, you increase yourself. Thank you, Father God, for your word. In Jesus' name, we bless you. We honor you. I declare the help of the Lord is our portion in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wasn't that a good word? Come on, let's lift my hands and bless the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for ministering to us. Whatever ministered to you, would you just take 30 seconds right now and let, let's connect to heaven about that. Whatever that is for you, would you just communicate to the Lord about what that is and give him thanks for that? Let's lock in on something. Let's lock in on what the Lord said to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for speaking. Thank you for a revelation. Thank you for your word. Lord, we will be good stewards of what we heard in Jesus' name. By the help of your spirit, we will walk in this revelation. We will walk in this understanding. Amen. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.